by popular demand because you asked for it by name. The CBS Sports Pro Wrestling Podcast Instant Analysis Edition. You heard that right. Just minutes removed from the completion of Sunday night's WWE Survivor Series card from Los Angeles. And holy cow, do we have a lot to talk to you about. Oh, man, I'm fired up for this. Oh, yeah, you heard that. You heard the powers of positivity flowing through me. This may not be the dirty bedsheets of Brooklyn coming at you, but it's still the Brian Campbell back for another post pay-per-view edition for the first time since that summer slam night in august let me down so passionately but all you have to do is fast forward three months later and holy crap this was good this was saucy this was hot and let me be frank i got that hot sauce (laughs) Uh, yes we do (laughs) not only will we have a lot to say about that guy tonight surprisingly enough the real one himself what do we got yeah, well, what do we have over here, Enzo? We'll be touching on him. We'll be talking Brock, Rousey, Daniel Bryan, and so much more. But let me remind you that that audio you are hearing right now as we near midnight on the East Coast. And I sit shuddering in the early onset of winter in my Connecticut basement office is still brought to you and underwritten by that one and only performance enhancing audio. So let me welcome in the man who's going to chop things up with me, the lover of long intros and hedge claims. Wow. Say hello to the bad guy. Oh, maybe say hello to the tired guy. It's almost midnight there in South Florida. Adam Silver Steve, the Silver King is back. Hey, now, I got a lot. I really love that. We're like, hey, let's knock this out really quick. And then we get a seven and a half minute intro on a Survivor Series instant analysis. You have to love that from BC right here. I'd say the 30 percent mark of this Survivor Series show. I was like, oh, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. I'm not really interested in doing a podcast. No, no. The the 33 percent mark of the Survivor Series show was holy crap. This is a piece of crap. That's the truth. That is the damn truth. But the mountains moved, the, the the emotions changed, and I am feeling my oats. Adam, as you know, November, yeah. Thanksgiving, although that's not till next week, Survivor Series, in a way, if, is kind of the kickoff to WrestleMania season. We always think it's the Royal Rumble, but in reality, SummerSlam, if, or sorry, Survivor Series, if done well, can be the kickoff to that, and I think I felt that couple little nibbles, couple little get me fired up, get me ready, certainly. And that Rousey Flair match, which we will have a lot to say about. But I always tell you the key to a damn great pay-per-view. And let's say it, NXT TakeOver once again closed out their calendar year with another one on Saturday night that you had to see to believe. Another amazing send you home happy. All the feels one. You got to send the people home happy. They sent the people home happy on this Sunday night. Brock Lesnar, Dan O'Brien, thank you. I got what I wanted. I am feel. I am so damn feel. Tell me you're on the same train going down the tracks right now because I wanted work rate, violence, and a story, and I got it all. I was kind of going to pull a U and just couch the whole thing and say, well, yeah, it was good, but let me tell you everything that was wrong with it and get into a mood like you were about three months ago. Oh, me, that's a Silver King. That's a patented Silver King. It used to be. You know, it was for the first year and a half of this show. That was the Silver King. And then all of a sudden, one day in August, it just changed, and that became the the patented BC move. 
But no, really? um, really. tonight was great. You know, I'm not going to say that it was stellar. I'll save words like that for NXT TakeOver War Games 2, which we'll talk about before we wrap up tonight. But tonight was great. It started off poor. Um, it got marginally better when we hit that mid-card title match. Not title match, the mid-card head-to-head match. The Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura. And then it just increasingly got better and better And boy, oh boy, did it reach a climax in the final two matches of the night. Zero question about it. I want to take a little bit of an issue, though, with you saying that this kicked off the road to WrestleMania. I don't believe that. It did. I think it set the tone for the road to WrestleMania. The road starts right now. WrestleMania, as WWE has conditioned us mentally, don't make me show you what's going on below the camera right now. WrestleMania season begins right now because of that co-main event. And I want to kind of start there on a macro, not micro level, and say WWE's decision, by the way, even though they've been playing us up for weeks and months, the one time per year that Raw and SmackDown face off, I know, the ultimate dream ride will be your last ride taker, whatever, okay? I hate that crap. They actually made it to where that didn't even really matter because they stacked this card the right way. They put the one-off dream matches at the end. They juiced them up. Suddenly it wasn't about like, damn, I just saw a real good match, but now i got to sit through a 55-minute Raw versus SmackDown match that ultimately really doesn't mean anything. They got all that crap out of the way, so they really sent you home happy. And for me, yeah, they did start WrestleMania season with Rousey and Flair, but we had to go home happy to really make this show special. And I really think we did with Lesnar and Brian. And I really have a lot of nice things to say about your least favorite WWE superstar at the moment, the Brock Lesnar. Oh, he's not my least favorite WWE you superstar. You always crap on the guy. Always. No, his booking, his booking is crap, and what they did with Reigns was terrible. But when Brock Lesnar is given the opportunity to do something, which he was last year against AJ Styles, and he was again tonight against Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar delivers. What I don't like from Brock Lesnar is him as Universal Champion and what they did with him for a year plus with Roman Reigns chasing him the whole time. You always knew Brock was going to win. He beat Braun with one F5. That's the Brock Lesnar I don't like. But in terms of a performer, in terms of a professional wrestler, when Brock Lesnar's on, there's few better in WWE. And tonight, Sunday night in Los Angeles, Brock Lesnar was on. And he reminds you of this fact. That's the best of the best of the best of the best of the best that this world has to offer no silver king that's not rick flair that's brock lesnar and you said when they (laughs) give him the opportunity i don't even think it's that when he decides to care yes in a lot of ways is he the problem yes in a lot of ways is it vince's fault because of how they basically just i mean they throw the 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 vault at him give him a part-time schedule let him come on to raw for five minutes to open a show and say nothing and leave so it's their fault but when he's dialed in like the goldberg feud through 2017 Mania, which was really good. Obviously, like the one-off with AJ last year that I told you coming into this week, remind you, that was my WWE match of the year last year. You can argue whether the one tonight with Daniel Bryan was better. I don't think it was better from a a wrestling standpoint, but might have been better from an impact storyline standpoint. We can get to that in a second. But the point is this. There are people in WWE who sometimes can touch the th- in, in the things that we see in Japan and on the indies that we love. We know what a Japan and indie five-star match feels like, right? We know that. Sometimes a Seth Rollins or a Cruiserweight or somebody will do that in WWE. That happens. 
But there are people who do the WWE style, which is kind of different, of course, from the Indian Japan style. When Brock cares, when he's willing to sell on the level that he did for AJ last year and that he did for Daniel Bryan tonight, Brock Lesnar is the best, or at least for my palate, the number one to this day, even in 2018, who can do the WWE-style big match. Sometimes when he's lucky, he can approach five stars, but the guy who can do the WWE-style, give you that storyline, give you those moments, he proved that again tonight. This was a one-off, so I almost felt like there was more pressure against them to do something really memorable. And I feel like well, they did for me. I got everything I wanted. And I know a lot of people on my timeline are like, what, are you crazy? That match sucked. The booking sucked. No, it didn't. That match was great. And it's a reminder that when Brock is gone, we're going to miss him. We are going to miss the crap out of him. He's special, and he reminded us of that tonight. Well, let's not forget also that he showed out in a major way at Blood Money in the Sand, too. Now, you may not have liked that match, and you may not have liked the booking, but he f 5 Braun Strowman over the top ropes and out of the ring. Now, he didn't have to sell in that match. Okay, but he looked great. And by the way, little maybe little head nod to Daniel Cormier tonight with Paul Heyman yelling out, weighing in at 265 pounds, the beast Brock Lesnar. But aside from that, did you see how Brock looked tonight? And do you remember how he looked at WrestleMania? Those are two totally different dudes. This is a guy cut in shape and ready for a real fight. This is a guy trying to be in peak physical physical condition. And if you saw him at WrestleMania, and you saw him at, uh, what were we calling it? Money in the Sand, the regular one, the first one. He was, again, I'll never be in Brock's shape, but he was out of shape for Brock Lesnar in those two matches. He was a different guy tonight, and it showed in his performance, in my opinion. A hundred percent. So he's the storyline to me in a lot of ways, yet the reality is we talked about being kind of down on this Daniel Bryan comeback to a certain degree. However down you can be for getting something you thought you never were going to get that you always wanted. And then Daniel well before Tuesday, but wait before right. and Tuesday. then he turns heel Tuesday yeah. and we okay. get all fired up again. And then even though to me Brock is the headline of this match, he won it. He he sold out to make it fun. I think Daniel Bryan reminded us that at this age, late thirties, coming back, he still got it for a big time match because this was like we know his dream was this Brock Lesnar match. He always talked about it, even through his retirement. And dude. I mean, not only did he sell the crap out of things and was willing to get dropped on his head despite concussion problems. To, that, that I was legit. The first suplex, I was I was legitimately scared. I'll be honest. Uh, it I went right on his head. They are hundred percent. And I he allowed terrible. himself to be ragdolls, but I think they they successfully tricked us into thinking this was another just full on squash to put Brock over a replay of the twenty fourteen Cena SummerSlam match in the same arena, by the way. And we got a really good story. Now, tell me if I'm wrong on this point that I want to make. Because some people added me with this as a negative, and I say no, it's a positive. Daniel Bryan flirted, towed the line between heel and, and, and babyface the entire night. He was a heel that hit Brock to the balls to turn the match in his direction. But then he went into, like, complete underdog babyface selling mode to rally back in it. And I think he did it perfectly. I think he did it in a way that didn't sacrifice the story of the match, didn't make me go, yeah, good match, but what about the holes in the plot? I think he really skated that perfectly where I'm so in on who Daniel Bryan is right now because he's not necessarily fully a full-on heel or a full-on babyface. And the fact that he can touch on both in the middle of the match makes him hella interesting. To others, Adam, that's a problem. To me, this is brilliant. Where are you standing? Well, you know, I think... I'm not going to put any declarations on it because it's just too tough. And then God forbid, I 
hedge. Change my mind hedge. next week. God say forbid. Say the, um, word. say the word. No, yeah, but God forbid I speak in Technicolor instead of black and white. But um, I think in this match, he had to toe that line no matter what happens Tuesday and going forward. You can't have heel versus heel in a main event of Survivor Series. Someone has to be the guy the crowd is rooting for. It was pretty clear when he made his entrance, he did the yes two times, and he put his arms down, and he's like, what am I doing? Uh, you know, I'm a heel now. Like, in character, obviously, the whole time, in kayfabe. So he stops chanting. The fans stop chanting with him. They boo him when his name gets in- announced. But then, yeah, he takes a beating, and he had to be the face side of the match. So, in that respect, I, I think he was just a tweener role tonight. I don't know that that's going to be what they do with him going forward. It's pretty clear. Once we get to Tuesday night on SmackDown, AJ's the face. He's going to be pissed. Brian's the heel. AJ's going to want his rematch at TLC. I don't know what other way they go with it. So for me, no, he's a heel, but I just think it was the circumstance. That's all. All right. That's a fair look at it. I'd love if he told that line because I kind of like the idea of him being this weasel heel who's kind of using his smarts and in, in sort of crazy. And I thought Jerry Lawler, of all people, kind of nailed it in the pre-show when he talked about Daniel Bryan's character having been holding in this evil for so many years, right? He's the ultimate white meat babyface. Everybody's doing all this crap to him, including his own bosses, and he's holding it in, and now it's just exploding out. I, wow, that was a little, that was a little, um, yeah. Well, it is, though. It is exploding out. I, I really like where this is going, and I like this particular match because it really entertained me. Both guys were able to leave elevated, I thought. Certainly elevated, both in storyline and out of it and how we perceive them. And yet, I really don't know where either one is necessarily going heading into Mania. I certainly can try to take some guesses. And all of the above on the guesses are big-time stories. So for me, this does start WrestleMania season. This does get me fired up. If we're straight up going Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles to WrestleMania, that's it. Obviously, I'm in. If somehow we're looping back to The Miz, I don't know. But... Damn, this match reminded me that I'm going to be really happy the whole way because Dan O'Brien has more songs he can play with this heel turn, and I love where he's going with this. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know that we're going in that direction. You have to remember, WrestleMania, like, we feel like it's close, and you're talking about it like it's close. Again, I think it set the stage. I don't think we're on the road. It's so far off. We're over five months away from WrestleMania. Like, it's not over, but we're about five months away from, I mean, that's a long time. So you can't say that this, like the storylines that we're getting now are exactly what they're going to be at mania. No, no, we're already, already going to get, but we're already going to get Seth Rollins, Dean Ambrose at TLC. I'm going to make the assumption. We're going to get the styles rematch with Daniel Bryan at TLC reports are out there from Mike Johnson and from Dave Meltzer. Brock's not fighting at TLC. And you knew that anyway, I didn't spoil anything for you. There was no way Brock Lesnar was going to fight at TLC. So we're in this pattern of, okay, whatever happens in the next four to five weeks is really just setting the stage for the Royal Rumble. I don't know how much is going to change in this period of time unless they hotshot the title right back to AJ and they just say, hey, we got Daniel the title, he got a title run, and we got him in this match with Lesnar that everyone everyone wanted to see, and we avoided Styles having to fight Lesnar for a second time, and now we're just going to go right back to scheduled programming. I think that's a legitimate possibility. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I I love the ambiguity of what he's doing, meaning Brian. I love when Lesnar is dialed in. Now I want to see where either of them go moving forward. Hey, for a one-off main event, just like last year with AJ and Brock, they got me. I cared. I loved it. You win. But Adam, the story of the night is more likely 
officially, no question about it. The heel turn from Charlotte Flair that ended the damn Rousey match. Oh my God, I have so many thoughts. I have so many emotions. I have so many damn feels. A match that was already on the road to like near perfection. Not necessarily near perfection from a... From okay. a savage steamboat point of view, but near okay. perfection from an intensity fight between two people. And very importantly, Charlotte, who's big enough and strong enough to believably counter the moves that Rousey's doing in a pro wrestling setting. And then to have a DQ finish, which at first, of course, you're like, oh, yeah, we're building to the future. But oh, but no, then that Charlotte heel turn is this masterpiece painting. So was it a that, Charlotte heel, heel turn, though? Because that got way more violent than I thought it could, than I thought it would. And we got to circle back and just clap for Ronda Rousey and say, I know yeah. that you, you you think that you're this. I am a natural born killer. And sometimes I, cry, I heckle you, but Ronda, you sold the ish out of this night. Bloody, like disgustingly bruised. And yeah, you're right. There's 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 an ambiguous future for heel and baby on everyone involved, including that name that I didn't mention that wasn't part of this match. The damn man. I am the man. You are and you weren't even there. And oh, my God, what is going to happen next? So everybody wants to know what's going to happen next. We'll get there. But Adam, this match, this feeling, this moment, I feel like I'm going to remember where I was when I saw this. Yeah, you I mean, you will. I will. Hopefully everyone in Staples Center that was lucky enough to be there, you know, um, we'll remember that for a long time. I thought that was a special moment in WWE history. Uh, and it's strange to say that on a schmoz finish at a Survivor Series brand versus brand non-title match, you know, situation. But the truth is, we saw not the apex of what Ronda Rousey is capable of, because it wasn't that. But we saw her ability in full force tonight, in my opinion. We saw her moveset. It completely expanded match by match, week by week, month by month, getting better. Everyone said, hey, what's this match going to be like? This is the first match she's going to have where she hasn't actually been able to prepare for and, and, and practice it multiple times. I think she's okay. I think I think Ronda Rousey is going to be okay as a WWE superstar. Well, they also left um, them, they left the microphone away from her, which was smart tonight. So that that was them. great. Oh, very very smart move. But look, look. Truth be told, the match was simultaneously sloppy and extremely intense and impressive. And I don't necessarily know I've ever seen a match like that before. Because on one hand, I was like, uh, this should be a little cleaner than it actually is. But on the other hand, I'm like, well. If you have two intense athletes fighting each other, this is how it's going to look. Yeah, it's it not going to be it was a damn clean fight. and rehearsed and and just like like even the even the Lesnar Brian match, it was suplex break suplex break. You're going to have people rolling around if they're in a real fight. If it's intense, if they really hate each other, and that's really what we saw out of this match. You saw Charlotte more than maybe she ever has before, br- like bringing. Uh, Thoughts of her father, you know, with the chair and her mannerisms and when Ric Flair could really turn it on heel and be dastardly. And let's be let's be candid, be an asshole. We saw that out of Charlotte tonight. And even when she was a heel previously, even when Ric Flair was in her corner, I don't ever remember her being like she was tonight. Yeah, the tonight I was, was a thoroughly remind- impressed. Tonight was a reminder of her greatness, which is kind of what we just said about Lesnar and Brian. But it's true. And that's what makes this night so successful. Yes. 
they played the big hits, right? They kept to the last two matches that were so important, and they made them both really matter. But, I mean, the performances of all four in these last two matches were off the damn hook. Charlotte reminded you of what made her so damn great on the main roster in the first place. We already right. know what she could do. NXT, she won us over just by being a great wrestler, by being a freak phenom. But it was on that main roster, feuding against Sasha Banks, you know, telling her dad to F off in kind of an uncomfortable yep. situation that reminds you that she has it. What, right, what is, is that how you pronounce it? You don't have it? the sound effect, Is that really? how you say it? She has, uh, what, what's it called again? It. Yes, 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 thank you. You don't have it. I know, Christian, I was late to the button. But she, she, on the other hand, certainly has, uh, what are we calling that again? It. it. Okay, okay, enough, enough, moving on. Uh, <laughs> and that's the peak of who she can be. Yes, there are some people who can do baby and face together to the point where it doesn't even matter what they are because they're their character. But that's kind of like when you enter like Al Pacino level as an actor, you're no longer playing characters. You're playing Al Pacino in every film, right? And it's kind of like that for somebody at a top level wrestler, but at its core, man, you're going to have a lot of times one that you do better than the other. Obviously Rollins as a heel and Charlotte as a heel is just so much friggin' better. And it's almost, yeah, it is tough for her to be a baby when she's that big, when she's that dominant, when she's that strong. Yeah. And, it just felt like such a good moment, and it was so much more violent than any other comparable moment. And the comparable recent ones are Shinsuke turning on AJ at Mania, Becky turning on Charlotte at SummerSlam. Uh, we just saw Daniel Bryan turning. Brian, on- we just saw six days ago Becky get her nose busted open and go ape on the entire roster. And this was more violent than that, like yeah. literally six days ago. I mean, I cannot believe that Ronda had already taken a, an errant elbow when they were on the ground to, to be bleeding from her mouth, which, again, added to this. Just like yeah. Charlotte's or I'm sorry, Sasha's bloody nose that one time in that match with Charlotte out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. there's there's those moments where you're like, oh, that that helps it. But I mean, her to take those vicious shots and just Charlotte putting the head in the chair, all those moments. I mean, it just was so damn perfect. So the first reaction when that ends and you find out how great it's, it is. And then Rousey's walking back, by the way, and refusing help. So you get in some kind of like almost like Austin-ish feels of like, well, they're going to put her over as this tough person. But I'm not sure that wasn't some kind of uh, beginning of a heel turn either when she was it pushing felt everybody that way. away. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, shout out to Ra- uh, uh, Charlotte for taking out all four referees when they tried to break up the attack. She did that in a way that wasn't cheesy either. She did that solidly. So when Rouse is walking back, I like that I don't really know what's happening here. I like that I don't really know if that was a heel turn and we're going to see the four horsewomen. And of course, the the, the big topic we got to hit right now is what does this mean for WrestleMania? Because I think all of us coming in had read the dirt sheet reports and had our own feelings of, wow, Becky's so damn over that it's Becky and Ronda now. Sorry, sorry, Charlotte. We're going to get our one-off right here and that's it. No, this is not the case. And your instant reaction is probably like, well, maybe this was Vince's plan all along, and there's bigger money in Ronda and Charlotte. And they've got a lot of things to say about that. Number one, I can't believe I would never have predicted for how freaking damn hot the man is right now in every possible way. I am the man. Yes, you are, Bex. And, and when I say every possible way, I really mean every possible way. She's the apex of the profession. And I never imagined I could see a match that didn't involve her it might not involve her. I'm heading into Mania. And I would actually be okay with that. I'm going to tell you right now, if Bex is not part of this main event, this match at Mania, and if we see the first ever women's main event, and at this point I think we know it's justified, if it's Rousey and Charlotte after what we saw tonight, 
I will be 100% okay with that because it was this good on Sunday night, November, whatever the hell date it is right now, the week before Thanksgiving 2018, the year of Nick Costos' Lord and ours. I am that impressed with what I saw tonight. If Bex, the damn man, is not involved, I will be okay because it was this good because what Rhonda and Charlotte showed me tonight above all else is that they have potential to do a legitimate five-star women's match. And if I could see that in the damn main event of WrestleMania, I will put all the other sins aside. And maybe you're, maybe this was the plan all along. Maybe Becky was supposed to lose to Ronda, and Charlotte was going to come in with this heel turn to, to get her back and do it. So I think Becky was going to be phased out no matter what, Adam. So wow, Becky's you, you injury just... is, might be the best thing that happened to her, but now I don't even need her in the Mania main event because this was that damn good. You just laid out a lot. Um, there's so much to respond to. <laughs> First, all right, let me let me start like this. I don't know that the finish of that match was any different than it was planned for Becky. I would not be surprised if that was how the Ronda-Becky match was supposed to go, and Charlotte just took that booking. And if that's the case, then what does that say about Becky? Now, that is me being a pessimist. Me being an optimist says they just executed, I don't even want to call it a double turn because it's like a double, double turn where both could be either at this point. And Dusty Rhodes is probably smiling down from heaven, like with the biggest damn grin on his face, thrilled at what he just saw. And if that's not Triple H booking, I would be shocked what we just saw tonight. That said, we're going to move on through to WrestleMania. And the question is, what do we get? And you laid out a couple possibilities. I'm curious if the Becky Ronda plans that were leaked to the dirt sheets, Meltzer included this week, were on purpose to throw everyone off. Or it could be the legitimate plan. What I think is going to happen, and this is, again, 11.38 p.m. Sunday night, right after Survivor Series, uh, East Coast. It just feels to me... Like they made a concerted decision to put off the Charlotte Ronda match for one more year and possibly at Mania this year, give us four horsewomen versus four horsewomen. Because what you have now is Becky and Charlotte both coming to this realization internally that this is what they need to do. You had Becky turn on Charlotte first, beat her. You had Charlotte reconsider her actions. Now she just went and attacked Rousey. You have Rousey who's now feeling, and it was pretty clear as she walked back up the rank, uh, up the ramp, that the WWE Universe is turning on her and was cheering the woman who beat the crap out of her yeah, they did, as opposed to cheering you, for her the face. They did thank you, who, Charlotte, yes. Who they should be cheering. Then we saw Shayna Baszler immediately after the match send a tweet, something along the lines of, you think WWE fans are, you know, turn on you quick. We come from UFC. We're used to that. We. For me, it feels like something they have completely changed their booking plans. I'm not saying this will main event. Well, it here's feels the, to me yeah. like they might be going in that direction. So certainly there's a, a lot of signs to say that. And I picked up on all of them. I'm just really hoping they don't, Adam. Like, I'm as a fan, I'm really hoping at this point. And there's a couple of reasons why, okay? Number one, the potential of the singles feuds are so damn red hot. And the yeah. in-ring potential for any combination of Charlotte... Becky and Ronda right now, like I said, you could get a natural five-star women's match and have it main event. So we don't need a multi-women's match. You can do it at Royal Rumble. You can do it at SummerSlam next year. 
you can have the theme of it without actually doing it. I think it's a step backward. But number two, the main reason why I think it's a step backward is the NXT Four Horsewomen, meaning the original NXT Four Horsewomen, are now four major stars. Becky, well, Becky, Charlotte, Bailey, are they four? And are they four major stars? Because you have two major stars and two buried beneath the shoe of Nia Jax. True, but the large shoe. They're for all four main roster former champions. Whereas there's two giant question marks on Rousey's side, and nobody knows who Baszler is. Obviously, she's fantastic. We know who she is. She's NXT Women's Champion. She's going to be great on the main roster, I think. But there's a star level issue there in comparison. Now, was there a million signs that tell you this is going to happen? Probably, including Rousey's face. If she's not turning heel when she's walking up that ramp, or even if she is, she's thinking in her head, in storyline, I need some backup. Every time I get into one of these situations, I'm getting jumped by all these people. I need some backup. So, yes, they're probably going, but I hope they go that way at Rumble. I hope we don't see that at the damn Mania because I don't think it's going to work. Again, seriously, think about it. A four and four match with four stars on one side and one and a half stars on the other. And the yeah, but one Brian, star you, this is... is this is to my point and sorry to interrupt you, but this is to my point that we got like four and a half to five months. They if they decide to bring Baszler into the main roster title or not and have these women on TV, they have enough time to make them legitimate badasses to make that match happen. Rousey was I mean, look, Rousey's a huge star, obviously. She had her first ever match at, at WrestleMania. We've already seen Baszler at the Evolution pay-per-view, so the main roster audience at least knows who she is. The other women are names. They may not be superstars, but they're names that they can very easily put a promo package together to say, these four women are badasses. We, you have all the old stuff, you know, the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen at NXT and all that stuff. Yeah, listen, WWE in four and a half months can put a package together to make that a massive WrestleMania match. That's not my concern. I don't think you need my, that, though. My concern is what you mentioned earlier, which is they have done such a good job building Becky, adjusting their build, and now building Charlotte, and certainly building Ronda Rousey, that it would be a shame if the payoff, just because Beck's got her nose broken by Nia, they changed their plans and they put a four-horsewoman match instead of a one-on-one singles women main event, which is what we want and what we deserve based on these three women. Now, I'm going to give you three options You have to rank them for me. Main event of WrestleMania 35, Charlotte versus Ronda, Becky versus Ronda, triple threat match with the three. Okay, I'm glad that you brought that in because I've been talking to you offline the last few weeks and saying I'd 100% take that triple threat match. And I said I I would not like I know it's not ideal and it's kind of what they always do, but they're so talented that if that's the only way to get Bex in that, I would take that. But that was before Sunday night when Charlotte showed me reminded me how great she is. Seriously. I think we're going to flip our I think we're going to flip our opinions on this. Go she ahead. reminded me how great she is. My number one choice is Charlotte and and Rousey because of what I just saw. Number 2 is Becky and Rousey and number 3 is the triple threat match. And number 4 is any kind of team four horsemen versus four horsemen like we just said there. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't think it's going to work. And I think the women's survivor series match tonight, which we can just mention now because I don't think there's a lot of need to go into it. No, I thought it was brilliant booking that they played the heat of Nia Jax bursting oh. Becky's nose because every time she touched somebody, they booed. Every time she got hit, people cheered. Like she's so organic. She has organic heat now, like real heat uh, it came from a real moment because it came from a real moment. So it's real heat, right? It's pure. <laughs> I love that they riding it out. And the problem with that, if you're a spec super fan and if you didn't love the Ronda uh, Charlotte stuff as much as I did, 
is you know what that Mania match is now for Becky. It's Nia Jax. Yeah. And it's the payback right. match. So And it sucks. And it sucks. Uh, probably. But no, it does. It sucks. It, well, yeah, it, it, su- suck. it sucks that's, for that's, how, how... Brian, Brian for the hot, she's the hottest woman in the company right now. That's a massive consolation prize. It just is. There's no way to put it. And God, God forbid, who the hell knows what's going to happen to her in that match with Nia Jax, right? Before we get to that, and I do want to talk about that, I just want to say, I told you all week when you and I were discussing, not on microphone, that a triple threat match, I didn't say it would be a disaster. I just said it would really be disappointing. I want a one-on-one women's match in the main event of WrestleMania. Whereas you're saying now that you're okay with Charlotte Rousey, I'm saying, well, no, hold on. I think, BC, you have a little bit of recency bias. I still want Becky Rousey, but I am no longer opposed if they go the direction of the triple threat. Because what they have now done is set up each of them individually to be a woman who I want to see in the main event at WrestleMania. And if you tell me, hey, the only way you're really going to get that is if we put all three of them in a triple threat match, well... It's exact, There's much worse so things that, that they could give us. It's so weird that that's the exact attitude as I had. And, and now for the same yeah. reasons, because now I'm like, well, no, don't gimmick me. I just you just proved to me tonight that they could do a five star match. Charlotte just reminded me that she's better in the ring than Becky, even though Becky's character is way over right now. Charlotte's got a higher ceiling and we're comparing she's more athletic. We're yes. comparing two greats. So let's not joke around about it. But, you know, it's a higher ceiling that. Yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that. But bad. don't forget, but you're talking about, yeah, Charlotte could put on a five-star match with Rousey, but Charlotte and Becky together just put on a five-star match. So, yeah, like, like of course, either when of them could. Charlotte and Becky do a five-star match? Evolution. Oh, that yeah, that is, uh, that was so, pretty don't, don't Let's not act like she's the only one who can do it. Becky's but, the reason that match was so, I mean, they both were, but Becky was a huge part of that match in terms of why it was so great. So, well, but I, is, I don't want to think, look, though, I, I feel like, the, listen, I'm okay with, I'm okay with praising Charlotte and I'm okay with no, praising Rousey always, though. but there's a little recency bias here when there's we're no saying the night of Survivor Series. Stipulations, bro. Stipulations. Okay. That was a, that was a violent weapons match. And they, they, they got the most out of that match that they could to tell that story in their feud at that moment. But what I said that, you know, next week on the show, and I still stand by it, I want a pure wrestling match, right? Just like this Gargano Ciampa feud has been great on all these takeovers, but I still want the last one to be a real wrestling match. I want to see how great that can be. I don't need last man standing. Yeah. I need a real match. So uh, that match was the best it could be for those weapons, but Rousey and Charlotte showed me tonight that in a pure match, they can do even more, and they also show that there's a storyline to get people to care more than just their name value. So, Brian, but tonight was a good match between them. Like I said, sloppy but intense. It was intense and it was good. But it became great when the kendo stick and the chair got involved and there well, were weapons. And but it, was... it became great for different reasons. It became I know. Great... I'm just explaining. Let's let's not let's not take out of the equation you know, that there were well, part of what made the two experiences great were the weapons. What did I say to open the show? I said that DQ thing initially got me upset because it stopped what looked like was the path to perfection. It yeah. looked like we were on their way to some, you know, beautiful, beautiful uh, moment there. But uh, look, we're going to win. I think we're going to win. The, I think the only way we lose is if it's some form of tag team. Now, I, if we have to go the four horsewomen versus four horsewomen route, I'd almost wish they didn't do four on the Charlotte side. If it's just Charlotte and Becky against Baszler and Rousey with the other two as like 
helpers on the side, just like yeah. Sasha and Bailey on the side of the ring. Uh, you go four. You don't want a tag team match. That's meaningless. What do you, you do want four? A, you do, do you want a you four, do on one four one. tag team match? I don't want anything to do with a tag team match. I'm no, I know. I'm saying, but if you're going to do way. it, you go with the eight, not the four. I mean, if you're going to do it, you do it. You do it all the way. You don't like give us half of one and then say, oh, we still haven't given you the four horsewomen match. No, you just do it if you're going to do it. I don't, I don't know. I, don't, I guess. But I mean, I do want to touch. I, I do want to touch though, just because, like you said, we weren't really going to talk about it. The the women's match tonight, the Survivor Series elimination match, and what you said about Nia Jax. Because I did want to, I did want to say it. I completely disagree with you. Vince leaned in to real life heat, and that's okay when that happens. But the crowd wasn't booing her because they hate Nia Jax, the character. They hate her. They that's go away heat. That's X Pac heat right, that they gave to her tonight, Becky, right. and trying to sell that as her being a heel. And by the way, not only that, not punishing her for a, a full, like, lean in you. Brian, you, listen, you do combat sports here, not just WWE. You know what it means to plant your foot and lean in and rotate your hips and punch someone in the face. That's what Nia Jax did. To not only not punish her for it, but to have her go over as the sole survivor in that match with Asuka and Banks both getting taken out by her. Give me a break. Like... Dude, what are you going to do with her if you don't do that? This is why this is brilliant. She's nothing. Uh, she's you have Oscar tap her out. If you do not if you, if they did not do that, she's worthless. She can't be in the title picture. She's worthless she's, now, man. No, this is the thing that makes her Ugh. worthwhile because you can set up for for Becky to get retribution on her. And the fact that the fans really hate her is brilliant. It gives her identity now. Her character was in a bad spot. Huh. This is really smart by Vince. This is what really identity smart. does it give her? An unsafe worker who no one wants to okay, work with? I, so you're not wrong on the unsafe part, but it is hypocritical to, to like, Bree did the same thing. We read that DM last week. Bree did the same thing. I mean, Different. Seth Rollins killed Sting. I mean, look, it happens, right? Like, look, so you can't, me- you can't identify one because Becky was this hot at the moment. No, Brian, people mess up, but you had professional wrestlers, including your boy Chris Jericho, by the way, saying like, let's not forget wrestling is a work. You're not supposed to do that. Nia Jax threw a punch and punched Becky in the face. It's one thing, Bree missed a kick. Seth Rollins screwed up by maybe throwing him too hard, and that was also a freak accident with Sting. Things do happen. People will mess up all the time. They forget each other, and so on and so forth. Nia punched her in the face, closed fist, rotated hips, stepped forward into her face. I don't know if it wasn't on purpose or not. I'm not claiming it was. I don't, I'm I'm not backstage. Come on, you gotta believe that she thought But generally in wrestling, BC, we've been watching long enough to know when something like that happens, and when someone is considered unsafe or, or something to that degree, they get a receipt, and sometimes it's actual a fist, or sometimes it's booking, and she got neither. I don't know, dude. I mean, you remember the knee from uh, Strowman to the face of Lesnar in their match last September? Oh, yeah, and Lesnar got him right back. Right, so I'm saying, like, she didn't get a chance to get a receipt because of the situation, but... On top of all that, I hated the booking to the match anyway. I thought the match sucked anyway. Anyway, brilliant booking to put Jack, to put this on Jack. So now she's got an identity. Now she's going to get real booze, not fake ones as like a, oh, I'm Big Show now and I'm going to turn every other week. I turned on Moon. I turned on Rousey. Well, she's not but, getting like, heel heat. She's just getting, we hate you, get out of the thing. ring. It's the same thing, though. I disagree. Actually, it's better. To be really honest, it's Actually, better heat because it's real. Anytime it's, something's real, it's better. They're not booing the character. That's what WWE right, wants. and that's they, better. WWE wants you to 
cheer or boo the person they're presenting to. that can't happen to. on the main roster in 2018. It can only happen in NXT where the crowd is collectively on board. In some indies, the game, it, can yeah. it cannot happen on the main roster. So this is the best way to do that. All right, look, we got a lot more to get to, okay? This is supposed to be instant analysis and rather, rather quick, but we haven't been quick. What did you think of this uh, men's elimination match, Raw SmackDown, when you had three huge Raw, I, I wanted to call them heels, but just big men, uh, as the survivors. You had Drew McIntyre, Braun Strowman, who cleaned house late, um, and Bobby Lashley, all standing tall at the end. All right, wasn't as good as the last two years, certainly wasn't as good as 2016. And again, anyone forgot that one? With Bray Wyatt and Orton standing tall at the end. Go back and rewatch it. It was a masterpiece hour book match. This one, though, did succeed in entertainment. I thought the entertainment was better than the story. So in the end, I don't know why Raw had to win that dominantly. I don't like Shane getting booked this much into like, I mean, do we not remember? Do we not forget that Shane like almost killed himself in this Survivor Series match a couple years ago? By doing too many of these Van, Van yeah. Terminators, it's like, I don't need to see three of these. I know that it was part of the storyline. I get that. But I don't need to see all this. In the end, it did entertain me. It was fine. It was passable. The fact that it wasn't the main event, I still say, is a monster uh, success. So in the end, I'm not mad about anything. I was entertained. Obviously, we're spinning off into some form of a Drew McIntyre-Brock Lesnar feud that involves Baron Corbin. I'm okay with that. I'm not overly excited. I think, you know what I mean? But like, that's, that's fine. That's cool. I, I kind of want to use this as a connector to say, who's Brock facing at Mania in your eyes right now? Of the Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, Braun Strowman. I think I, on last week's show, or maybe the week before, I think I said Rollins. So I'll stick with that. I think... They have an opportunity for Rollins to, like I said, there's plenty of time to go through Ambrose at TLC and probably a gimmick match, the Royal Rumble in a match, um, or maybe inside the Royal Rumble, he eliminates Ambrose. I I think Rollins has a huge opportunity to be the one who faces him. McIntyre would work, but heel versus heel, you're not going to turn McIntyre face. It wouldn't work. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, So for me, it's going to be Rollins. This match, though, it's tough. Like, I wanted to like it. I really tried, and there were moments, namely Finn Balor, Rey Mysterio, which was fun. That was a fun little moment. There were moments that made me want to like it, but they buried Samoa Joe in two minutes. Uh, it has they to be an buried injury, Finn Balor. The Samoa Joe thing has to be an injury, and the problem with these matches is it somebody's going to It can't be lose. another injury. It can't well, be. Look, two, there's two facts about matches like this. Three facts. One, there's always stars in them. B, somebody's got to lose. C, somebody's got to lose early or you're going to have a long, boring 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, but Samoa of... Joe didn't have to get eliminated right, right off the like, bat like that. It's, I think Come it's injury. On. I think it's sort of like, okay, Joe, we got something big for you in the next three months. Just take this fall. That's sort of how it goes. Like, I don't I, love man, it. What but... do they have for Samoa Joe? Okay, they had the opportunity the to between... put the title on him. They didn't do it. But let's be uh, what honest. Are... What's the difference between this and him lasting 10 more minutes and then taking the same fall? It's really all the same thing. He doesn't get squashed. You know, he, he got would... squashed, man. Yeah, but like, if he's not going to win it, then what's the, what's the, who cares? You get Jeff Hardy out of there right away. You get Shane out of there. You get well, maybe not Shane because he factored into the finish. You get Miz out of there right away. I don't know. I kind of liked how he got two chokes on him, and then it's it actually made uh, McIntyre look really strong. What I didn't really like was <laughs> I looked strong, we I knew there was disharmony on the Raw team. I thought they went to the well way too many times in showing you that, and then when Corbin attacked Braun at the end, yeah, it's all right. Again, it's it's Corbin, so it's it's all right. It's it's just kind of okay. Yeah, it was fine. Uh, we had this kind of give them credit. Buddy Murphy, Mustafa Ali, cruiserweight championship match. Now you knew Murphy was going to retain. We both predicted it. 
Obviously, he just won the title at Super Showdown. They gave him 1220, which eh, we'll have a few more minutes, but okay, it was still decent. And main show, decent. middle of the show. Decent? What are you saying? The minutes were decent or the match was decent? The time, the minutes. Yeah, you're right. Well, 12, they gave him a decent amount of time. They put them in the middle of the show. They featured them. It was it, good. It was a victory just to be on the show, 100%. And the damn match, if in case you were wondering. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, I can't play that for too long because it was only 12 minutes. But if this match was 20 minutes or 25 minutes, it, it would have been the match of the year in WWE. I mean, this was – look, there's spot fests, but there's educated spot fests. And this was a flowing – like symphony of spots with two guys who can go and we got the Spanish fly off the announce table and we got just, Oh my God, buddy Murphy just screamed star. I love this match. I love those two guys so much. I have so much love for this situation right now. I don't even have enough time to watch two five live anymore, but these cruiserweights are so damn good. Yeah. I love that WWE rewarded them with this. I feel like triple H was a part of that. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I understand why they can't get more minutes. For 12-minute matches, is like perfection. Uh, yeah, I agree. I'm not even going to repeat what you said because you nailed it. Um, but I'm going to try to just gloss over this one as quickly as I can. They have that tag team match, AOP versus The Bar. You gave it a D plus in our grades. BC, that was an F. Flat F, well, the big fat F, red, red Sharpie F. Drake Maverick pissed himself. He had, he had a difficulty doing it because he couldn't find the trigger on his pants. My God, that was a piece of crap, EC. Look, and it was nine minutes long. Oh, man. I mean, we don't need Big Show. We don't need a piss spot. I know Vince loves that stuff. I know that he tries to give something for everybody in these pay-per-views. You're right. It was actually a horribly <laughs> executed piss spot. At least AOP went over. The match sucked. Yeah, yeah. Let's be real. Right. At that point in the show. So we were talking about, you know, as during the intro here, 33% of the way. And that was actually almost half. But we said 33% of the way through this show. Um... I thought it was a total piece of crap. Now, we did have the Seth Rollins Shinsuke Nakamura match, which we're going to talk about in two seconds. I think the Buddy Murphy Mustafa Ali match saved the show because it took it to a different level. Everything that happened after that was like an A pay per view. Everything that preceded it combined was probably a C minus, again, with that match being an F for me. Not even a question about it. Um, but the, I but think I, the bigger story in the match, to be really honest, is Enzo Amore. I think that's the biggest story that came out uh, of this match. So for anybody that doesn't know it, you know the front row, hard camera side. You got that dude with the green T-shirt and the smiley faces at every match. Then you got next to him Simon and his mom Alice, who are at every friggin' pay per view. I don't know. If that's the long hair. That's the skinny long hair guy. Skinny long haired guy. But behind them, hiding in a hoodie, was the real one. Enzo Amore, who just dropped a second album, apparently, where one song. Oh, come on! Don't even, his, don't even, don't even. He changed his it. name to Enzo, Enzo, uh, and now he shows up, pulls off the hood at the start of this tag team match, has the shirt that doesn't say "How you doing?" Like I thought it does. It says "I'm doing fine," but it looks like his old shirt. Sleeves ripped off, without a microphone, cuts his promo, and then at, standing on the chair in the third row. I don't think WWE cameras picked it up. I'm sure they were smart to turn away from it. And, I didn't notice it. And then security just yanks the crap out of him, like yanks him down hard and forcibly gets him out of there. Police, WWE security, they exit from the building. He's out. Um, so look, look, he's a. Let, let me preface this by saying, is he a dirtbag? Yes, he's a dirtbag. Okay, <laughs> is he is he really entertaining and was great at his job? Yes. Did he get a raw deal? And we've had a long episode on that. Yes, I think ultimately after I 
wrote him off for a lifetime. I did find out that I think he may have gotten a raw deal. Yet he's also a dirtbag. Did this move get derided by everybody on social media? And is it justified? Yeah, because it is what it was. It's desperate. It's all these things. But I can't sit here and lie and say that I don't have respect for it. I love that he tried this thing. I love that for the most part, he kind of pulled it off. This is an Enzo move. We know who this guy is. He is who we thought he was. This is a damn Enzo move. He's got that hot sauce. You know who he is. I wish I had more. I deleted so many of these Enzo buttons after after he was dead to us for that week. Um, I'm just going to say that, you know, this wasn't Hall and Nash showing up in a in a Canadian tuxedo on Nitro, but it was almost better than that because it was the real life version. He feels you, wrong. Is this real? He feels wrong by WWE. And again, I'm not saying he's fully justified, but I have respect for the balls that he did. He secured a ticket to the second row, and then in the middle of the match, tried to get himself over to be like, guys, look at me, I'm here. Again, it's, yes, it's everything you're going to say it is. It is. It's desperate. So, you hate, so you hate the beach ball fans, but you like Enzo trying to hijack a show. Yeah, in the middle of a pay-per-view. I thought was- By the way, just after he released apparently a song, which I didn't hear because... My ears would probably bleed where he disses apparently Liv Morgan, his, ex-girlfriend. his ex-girlfriend who's still on the roster. And by the way, Liv, go she, on her Twitter. She got a huge shot at Enzo for doing this tonight. There's no redeeming qualities for this guy. There was no redeeming qualities for this moment. Maybe the shirt was kind of funny because I'm doing fine. That's kind of you – know, if he stood up, had the shirt, sat down, okay, I'd buy in. I'd be like, yeah, that was kind of funny. Come on, man. He's making a spectacle of himself, and he's trying to take the attention off of guys in the ring working. Give me an effing break. Don't get all How are you supporting this? I'm not – well, like, I, I don't know if there's a right way to really – Don't even try. To really try to say what I'm feeling. I respect it to a certain degree. Like, it's, oh, it's a – Dude, it's a desperate dirtbag mood. I will give you that. But he's a desperate dirtbag. But you know what? He's an entertaining desperate dirtbag, and he feels in his mind – I've listened to all the podcasts – that he's wrong. Call him delusional. He feels he got wronged. So this was his way to sort of like stand outside your ex-girlfriend's window with the yeah. with the with the you know with the stereo on your shoulder. Like- it was a great way. It was a great way to ensure that he never gets hired by WWE again. Because what WWE does and what Vince McMahon does, they are forgiving. If you tell told me four years from now, when if Big Cass actually does get back in shape, that he gets another opportunity with WWE, I wouldn't be surprised. Enzo Amore not going to get another opportunity with WWE, and he screwed himself. I bet. You Period. I bet you he'll be back on WWE. I bet. Okay. You. No, not no, anytime not, soon. Not this year. Not next year. But he'll be back, dude. He's too good to be back. The one thing that Vince rewards. He's not too good. What's talent. he good at? Talking. The damn, Mike. He's amazing. They have at it. people who can talk. No, no, no. Okay, hold on. Time out here. It's again. Let me preface this. Is he an absolute dirt hole? Probably. But don't try to tell me he's not transcendent on the mic. Hashtag BC Hedge. Trans. What am I hedging though? That, like you can throw that back, but he's dirtbag, but he's entertaining. And come no, on, man, okay, there's nothing just, redeeming there, about. There's this. nothing hedging there. I said he's personally a dirtbag, but I said he's transcendent on the mic because you just tried to paint him with no talent that you can replace him in a I'm second. I'm not saying he doesn't have talent, but he has nothing so that WWE no needs so bad that they're willing to put up with him to get it. First of all, he's not Vince Chuck loved Lesnar. him and championed him to be the face of 205 Live. I'm just telling you, mistakenly at, at, at its lowest point ever. I'm just telling you, he'll be he back. And I'm telling you, I have respect for this move. It, it was a, it was a desperate dirtbag move, but I was very entertained by it. So you know what? Teach you out in, in New Britain, Connecticut, not here in South Florida. You know what? We, Enzo, we res- we I, I, you know, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you the respect in this moment. All right, I'll give you the, I'll give it, I'll give, I'm giving it to him right now. I don't care, I don't care. I'm giving it to him. That was a ballsy move. On the wrong side of the dude, that was a ballsy move. All right. Oh, of course, it was ballsy. It was still stupid and ridiculous and. 
insulting and everything else. You have to understand, else. in his mind, he thinks he was wronged. I'm, I'm not here That's to... What, and maybe he... Look, look. Maybe he was wronged by being cut by the company so quickly at, at an accusation that either was proven... I don't know if it was proven not to be true, but no charges were ever filed and, and you know, so on and so forth. But you have to remember, a company can... Fi- they don't have to fire you for cause when you're an independent contractor. They may have said, look... This guy, Enzo Amore, he's causing problems every single week backstage in the locker room. They may not have fired him because they thought that was true. They may have fired him because, oh, my God, here we go. Another thing with this guy. That's why they fired Big Cass. Not for the exact same reasons, but they fired Big Cass because it was one thing after another. And Cass came and admitted basically that he was an asshole backstage and he did a bunch of things that, yes, he, he was wrong. He Cass realized he was wrong and he said he deserved to get fired. Maybe Enzo, specifically for this incident, was falsely accused. But it's not WWE's fault that someone else did that to him. WWE had to make a corporate decision, and they did. His thoughts. I'm telling so you what this, he what was, this he was wrong. Is it doesn't matter in his mind. It kind of does matter. And also, just 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 hear this. It's pretty brilliant when you're going to launch a new album that you're going to do this to get your name out there. And number two, <laughs> we love the idea of these fake well, invasions. new album. We love fake invasions, right? Hall and Nash. Like, we love that crap. This was actually a real one. That's why I have a little bit of respect for it, all right? It was actually a real invasion. He got through, pulled off the hood. Now, standing on the chair, did he did he uh, deserve to get thrown out? Of course, all right? But he kind of had the way of saying, look, I'm here. What are you going to do? I'm front and center on your cameras as a paying customer to remind people that I'm still here and I'm selling albums. Again, he's a dirtbag who's probably wrong in the end, but I have respect for what he did. We got to get out of this. Uh, I'm just going to move on. Uh, Mid-card match, Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, I thought this was way better than expectation. Um, Certainly, it's not the best of what either of them can do. What's also interesting is we keep saying that about Shinsuke Nakamura. Like, oh, we know he can do so much better. Maybe at this age, he can't. Maybe we are seeing the best that Shinsuke Nakamura can give at this time. And it's not what we wanted from his WWE run. But maybe it is the best that he can do. They gave them 21 minutes and 50 seconds, the second longest match of the card. Sorry, third longest match of the card, second longest of the main card. Uh, I thought it delivered, and I came away from that pleased, disappointed that Nakamura didn't win, surprisingly, but pleased. I didn't think it really mattered who won. I thought that the last you know eight, nine minutes, they really took it to another level. I was prepared to be a little bit disappointed, and, and I got nothing bad to say. They absolutely brought it. I mean, I don't know what the hell Shinsuke was wearing. He's like from... Wearing something from the Chancellor Palpatine wardrobe or something, some <laughs> Battle Scarred Galactica BS. But uh, yeah, it was a good ass match. It was good to see. Look, this is where the dream match idea worked. It worked. All right. I don't want to talk about this tag team match because it was BS. I don't even want to talk about the fact that Michael Cole didn't recognize the tag team match that happened on the pre-show, and he at the start of the thing goes, "No, no, no." The scoreboard, the Raw SmackDown scoreboard's reset now because the kickoff show. Well, it's not Michael Cole. That's Vince McMahon or whoever it's, booked it's this crap. How does that match not count? They won. I SmackDown know, won a match. How is it 6-0? I, I All right, it. Let's, let's close out Survivor Series. I loved it. And anybody out there that hated it, I'm, and the DMs are coming in. My guy, Jax Browner, that's my guy. He's already DMing me saying this thing was an absolute disappointment. Jax, brother. Yeah, I saw that, you yeah. know I love you, Jax, but you, you missed the boat on that one. Um, We didn't miss the boat on NXT TakeOver. Oh, God, no, we War didn't. War Games 2. I just want to say this. Um, siren. Give me the siren. Yeah, hold on. You mentioned I, it. NXT TakeOver, War Games it 2. It is after midnight on the East Coast in my basement right now. Wow. <laughs>
Um, it was awesome, and I want to say on a macro level, five takeovers in a calendar year. All right. Oh my god, great! This is the best year in NXT history, and it's not even like a little bit anymore. You guys know I love 2015 NXT, and you all should too. You should all go back on the network and at least watch the takeovers. I mean that. You get yeah. the four horsewomen. You get KO. You get Finn. You get everybody. Neville when he was a badass. You get everybody. It's better this year. The da- the talent is deeper. The roster's deeper. I mean, the people that weren't even on this takeover card, by the way, which only had four matches, could have made another takeover card that was like pretty badass. Um, yeah, it's 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 insane how good this product is. Yes, it's it's right there on on NXT's best nights with NJPW's best nights. Yeah, there's a great argument to be had on which one you prefer, on which one's better. NXT is so damn good. I wish everything could be like NXT. I can't believe how good these five takeovers were. I can't believe Johnny Takeover, Johnny Gargano, who put forth yet another fantastic match against Aleister Black with storyline, with grit, with violence and everything. I mean, we said it in the preview show. We don't have to repeat it. But, Adam, he's in your conversation for for Wrestler of the Year. What a damn year he's had. What a damn year NXT has had. People that were in the crowd that are listeners to our show in L.A. were saying this was the best show they've ever seen. Now, when you're in the crowd, it changes things, right? It, it, it can amp it up. Yeah. I thought this was actually my least favorite of the five. Yet that's not even an insult. It's like these five were so amazing. But the reason why I say it's my least favorite is I did not really like the main event. And I got killed for it on Twitter. And that's fine. Is my dislike for the main event stuck in the fact that I'm an old school war games guy? Yes. I can't really do it with, with no roof on it. I can't do it. It's not war games, all right? And the thing that I can't get behind in the end is there was no storyline here in this match that really justified the war games, so it was gratuitous. And even though this match and last year's war games match, from a match standpoint, is actually better than the actual best war games matches originally because of how much wrestling has evolved and changed, I just didn't feel like this matchup mattered. So I felt like they did it to go through the motions you know, they had fun spots. It was fine. I get it if you're there and you love the match. I couldn't wait for this match to end. Somehow it was 47 minutes, and I think it was 20 too long. Well, if you, I know you didn't listen to Triple H's uh, post takeover call, but had you, he would have heard him making fun of you, you know, the equivalent of you, uh, by, you know, complaining about, well, this, this, and he did the voice, oh, this takeover, the, 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 the War Games doesn't have the sell on it. And, you know, he, he basically went that through that whole thing, meaning, not that you're wrong, because I do miss it having a top as well, but you're not taking full advantage of Ricochet if you have a sell, if you have a, a top on it. But, and you're but, not <laughs> able to do the superplex spots, and you're not able to do some of those things. And in 2018 professional wrestling, an enclosed structure where everyone's just beating the hell out of each other probably isn't going to draw the excitement level of the fan as what we saw in the main event of TakeOver War Games 2. Now, that said, I don't disagree with you, BC. Um, For as hot as the two matches, really the three matches, that, really the four matches that preceded it were, I thought it was probably the worst match of the night. That's not saying it's bad at all. It's simply saying maybe I was worn out from the other three, but more than more than that, it was long. It probably could have been 15 or 20 minutes shorter. The spot with Pete Dunn locked in the shark cage didn't make any sense why the referees waited for his bell to ring to go get the bolt cutters when they could have had them right away. Like, what, what sense why does do that make? Why do we need weapons? Like, we don't need weapons. Like, it's just... It's my thing is, look, like if it's not going to be war games, then don't let it be war games. And you make good points why 
the old war game style probably wouldn't work now. And if you, especially if you can't do blood, yes, then don't do it. Do elimination chamber, or you know what? Don't no, do Brian, it. No, Brian, they're trying to no, they're trying to the have point. a unique match for it's their brand. I think it's fine. Though. If you had done Champa's team against Gargano's team, and there was like real hatred in there, I could maybe got behind it. But this everything about this felt forced. But let me ask you this. Let's I agree. See. I do agree with that. Before you continue, the storyline did not dictate needing yeah. war games. And, that's, and that's next year problem. and going forward, they need to build a storyline strong enough to necessitate the structure. Totally. So let's say this match opened the card. How about that? Let's say this match opened the card and it was 22 minutes. Yes. And you, you have fast forwarded those big spots. And you feel totally different about the Velveteen show. Velveteen yep. Dream closed the show with Champa. Same finish. Same yep. feelings. Are you probably saying this is the best takeover card of the year? Probably. I still I still wouldn't say that. Uh, the New Orleans show was incredible. Uh, the other ones that we've seen this year were incredible. I don't think it was the best. People came out of it saying it was – I saw some people saying it's by far the best one of the year. Yeah. That shocks me. Um, but again, we're, we're – I mean I feel like we're starting this on a really negative note here. I just – Spilled something. Yeah, I want uh, to get that I, negative. I, uh, Brian, there. Brian, let's. I want to talk about this this damn show. Like, yes, okay, we're, I'm with you. We don't even need to really talk about war games. There were some cool spots, whatever. Okay, I thought top to bottom from the the beginning of the show until that point. So the first three matches plus the surprise Matt Riddle, which I know you didn't grade highly because oh, it was only thirty it. seconds. You didn't need to grade it. it at all. But I thought that fully delivered and gave me every single thing I wanted out of those respective matches. What the war games and the Matt Riddle? No, the every match other than war games. Yeah, look the 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 three match. It's it's a look. It was a four match card on paper. You add Riddle, which is basically Rock versus Eric Rowan at WrestleMania 32, and unnecessary and gratuitous. Really, it's a three match card, and those three matches traditionally matches were amazing in my mind. I like the crap out of Shayna Baszler beating Kyrie Sane. I think this is a sneaky good rivalry. I think every chapter has been great. The two out of three falls. I love the use of the four horsewomen. I loved everything about this. But the Black Gargana and Champa dream matches were damn classics in their own right. Like these were freaking amazing. And I want to talk about Champa Dream first because this isn't the first time we've had this conversation. That dream is going to main event at WrestleMania one day. That dream is going to be the next rock. And by the way, maybe this is the first time we're actually saying that. The dream is going to be on that level. That dream has the potential to actually fit into that lineage of like yes. Hogan to Austin, Roxena, uh, yeah. to Reigns, really, because Reigns did get to that level. Um, yeah, he does. And he's only 23. And it's absurd. And this match, they could have very well given him the championship and we all would have popped nuts. I'm not mad that they didn't, but he gave a championship level performance in this 22 minute match. Coming in dressed as Hollywood Hogan would be a 15-minute topic on its own, and he <laughs> nailed it. The mannerisms, playing with the moves. Like, are you kidding me? He's everything. He's freaking everything. And, like, not a new conversation. Have you been here in 2018? Yes. But I almost felt like he went to a higher level in this match, right? I mean, that's not wrong. Like, it was insane how good he is. This was – what did I, I don't even know what I rated this. An A? I mean, this was this was a freaking insanely good match. And, and Champa was fantastic. Yeah, I don't think it's hyperbole at all. I mean, Velveteen Dream, Patrick Clark, is special. He has it. He is everything that you want in a main event level uh, guy who you build your company around. He has the mic skills. He has the personality. He's incredible in the ring and clearly getting better every single time he's given the opportunity. And the smart thing that they're doing with him 
is they're giving him talented wrestlers to work with. Alistair Black, oh, well, forget EC3, who's fine, but whatever. Um, and, and Tommaso Ciampa. And Tommaso Ciampa, for as good of his job as he's done as NXT champion, even though m- maybe we didn't necessarily want that, and that wasn't necessarily the plan until Al- Alistair Black got hurt. Um, for all of that, the truth is Dream simply stands out from everyone else. That false finish where in a span of 15 seconds, I think he hit the rolling driver. He hit the uh, the elbow. I forgot what he calls it. The purple rainmaker. And then Champa rolls out to the apron and he immediately, without thinking, without with reckless abandon, jumps to the top rope to do it again, misses. It told the perfect story of this guy's inexperience being the only thing that cost him from the title and simultaneously showed what this guy is capable of and what NXT can do for him and what WWE can do for him long-term. I am all bought in on him. No other sales job needs to be done. You could call him up tomorrow. As long as you don't bury him, I don't care. I want to see as much of Patrick Clark as I possibly can. Yeah, I was almost disappointed that we didn't see Gargano in this main event, that they didn't connect the dots between Gargano's heel turn. And like, I'm like, how is Champa going to win in a way that will be believable without a smosh cheating finish? It was believable. And, and they pulled it off, man. They, they pulled it off. And once again, it was brilliant. And Champa's at another level. And it, it's just, it's the NXT thing. It's the NXT takeover thing. It's everybody just goes to, you know, they're all playing as a team here. It's obvious. And they're just raising each other's levels to. I mean, you know, Dream was the star of this match, but Champa did re- some certain things, obviously, really important and smart that helped raise Dream, even though I think Dream raised Champa even more in a lot of ways. But this match was... Dream, Dream is 23, and he was the star of the show. Yeah, and yet, here I'm about to say, this match was so damn good, and it wasn't even as good as Aleister Black and Johnny Gargano was before it. That That's, mm, that's the damn Interesting, interesting. That thing was vicious, stiff, insanely stiff did i mention stiff it was so damn stiff everything yeah. about it was stiff i love it was it felt like it was a ishi versus suzuki njpw match at certain points of it it was that stiff and the story that they told i mean it's just it's nxt takeover brilliant triple h perfection at the end gargano asking to be finished but he was you know faking black landing two black masks i mean everything about this like, is that well, he, he, gonna... tur- he turned it. See, what was smart about that is he turned it back on Black. Black was like, hey, hit me with your best shot. Faked him. Johnny did the same thing. It was great. People will come and tell you, though, BC, that there was too much drama in that match. No, no. Those people need to those people need to buzz off. Those people don't. I agree. I can't hear Jimmy. Those people, um, if Brandy asked them if they were all in, they would not get excited and, and lose their words a little bit and, and question for at least a split second whether she wasn't talking about wrestling. They would not understand that at all. Here's what I want to say about this. Is this because NXT is so good? Is this because the NXT TakeOver franchise is the is the is perfection? Is this because Triple H is a genius? Or is this because the 2018 class of NXT... And I know you could say all the above, but is the 2018 class of NXT just so freaking special? I mean, they got Matt Riddle into this group. Like, Matt Riddle, yeah. I think, could main event at WrestleMania in, like, two years. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, they got Matt Riddle as, like, an extra player right now in this group. Like, are we going to look back on this and be like, that was the greatest year of NXT history? Or is this just what NXT is moving forward? Because if this is what it is, Adam, it needs to be on regular TV for the masses. And I'm going to have that argument and fight with you to the death that they think the main roster way is the way to hook fans. No, this will hook fans just as well. Brian, it's I don't say this This isn't hyperbole. I mean it because I've said it to you many times. 
NXT is the best wrestling promotion in the world. I truly believe it. Um, you could make an argument, and I would agree with it probably, that the it does not have the best wrestlers, meaning the best two, three, or four wrestlers in the world. I would say NJPW probably has that. No, NJPW definitely has that. Their top four are better than any other top four. But everyone else, or if you take it in some total, I would take NXT over any other brand. It's the combination of the storytelling, the match quality, the crowd, the availability. I am an American after all. I do speak English. It's different and it does matter to me. It is just different and it's better. And, you know, you, we we talked about coming out of the dirty bedsheet situation in SummerSlam. You know, you were ready to give up on WWE. And, you know, I, I disagreed with that point. But, you know, you made you made some sub points in there that were that were OK. But BC, the last two months of WWE, and I'm including NXT in there, have been great. The last two weeks of WWE have been phenomenal. WWE, at its best, is still the best. Well, I mean... Because it's everything. It's not just... I, you know, yeah, I, here's I a cool like seven-star match. NXT as WWE. I, I, and I know that that might sound stupid. I'm saying that, but what I'm saying is what they're presenting to us. What they're able to deliver to us, what they're able to give to us. And well, back-to-back yeah, nights, we just saw an incredible takeover... And we just saw a really damn good uh, Survivor Series. And by the way, a month ago, we saw a fantastic Evolution card, too. And between them, we've saw we've seen some really good entire episodes and really good moments on Raw and SmackDown. I've been very impressed with what, with what they have done over the last two months. Well, certainly. But, like, let's be smart here. You're, you're, you can't – you almost can't – to make this argument, you almost can't put the two together. Because it, I mean, WWE's number one in the world. There's, there's they got a million brands under them. No talking else... about the content they're providing us and the enjoyment of wrestling that I'm receiving from the WWE brand. Let's just I'm, say I'm... they're hot right now. All right, they're hot right yep. now. They're hot. It was yeah. a major pay per view, and they brought a major performance. And NXT right now is doing something. But one thing you did not answer was my question. I didn't even know you asked me a question. Go ahead. The class of 2018 that is making this year so good, or is the NXT engine so well oiled? That even if you get rid of, which eventually we'll see it, Dream, Gargano, Riddle, you know, two others, Cole, Ricochet, and you bring in the next five, are we going to see the same level? No, no. Uh, this is a special class. Now, NXT as a machine is better than it's ever been, and it's more prepared for guys to go to the main roster and for NXT not to lose a step in the, when that with that happening. But let's not forget the fact that Aleister Black is an all-time type of performer in terms of athleticism, ability in the ring, match-telling, etc. The Gargano Champa storyline is an all-legitimately, I said all-time for Black, I didn't mean that, he's just, he's great. The, the Champa Gargano is an all-time storyline that we're seeing unfold over a period of time. We have Velveteen Dream, who's one of the most exciting young prospects in a long time. Uh, the women's division hasn't been great, but we just saw the best match that it has put on in a good while, in a nice two of three falls match with some really good storytelling, and they actually had an opportunity to put four women who are not really major players in the division right now on a takeover and give them some shine, you know, by by interfering and joining in on that match. So, no, I think the class of talent that is there now is the best we have seen combined with the best storytelling and booking they have given us. Because look, They've had Samoa Joe, they had Shinsuke, they had Finn Balor. These are incredible. They had Seth Rollins. They they had incredible wrestlers. But the combination of the storytelling and the talent 
it's never been better than it has been now. And it, that can't just be the brand. That's not plug and play. It, it matters who is there doing it. And Gargano and Ciampa, especially they're fueling this entire thing. And you heard Gargano on this show this week say he doesn't want to leave. And man, I wish, you know, we know SmackDown's going to Fox at the end of 2019. <laughs> I yeah. almost wish it was NXT going to Fox. Well, the here's the thing. If those guys don't want to leave, and, if, and, and this is to your point, forget exposure. That's not why FS1 matters. If Fox is willing to pay them for NXT, they can pay the performers more money, and they don't have to leave NXT. That's the key. If WWE can actually create a third brand where these guys want to stay for two reasons, not just because – the the storylines and script are better and, and it's more fun and, and they're traveling less, but they're able to make not the same money, but somewhat comparable amount or certainly more than they used to be making. All of a sudden, it's way more attractive to stay there. And you say, yeah, you know what? Maybe I won't make top dollar in WWE, but I also don't have to travel 300 days a year. I'll stay at NXT. So there is something to that, but they need a TV deal for that to happen. They're not going to pay these guys what main roster guys get. Yeah, I want a TV deal now only for this to get pushed to the masses. I want people to eat the steak, and I want all you people who ripped me after SummerSlam when I had the balls to tell you the damn truth. You were wrong. finally understand that I heard you ripping me through the media waves. I was right then, and I'm right now. That wrong. For right now, the seed planting to WrestleMania 35 WWE's kind of back. They know what they're doing on the main roster. We felt it tonight, but I remembered all of you who ripped me on the media waves. He disrespected me and my family through the media waves, you know? And I, I don't I don't stand for that. No, nothing face-to-face, only through the media waves. Nothing face-to-face. Yeah. Nothing face-to-face. Nothing face-to-face. You got it? It's all- yeah, you got it. All right. Well, look, we're back. We're doing good as wrestling fans. Wow, what a night, what a weekend. It's after midnight on the East Coast. we got to throw in the towel now for the damn Silver King. It's your boy, BC. Uh, wow. Uh, Triple Let's H, say goodbye. thank you for being that great. I am great every night. Yes, Trip, yes. This year, this calendar year, you, you have been. Wow, just say, you know, say goodbye, say goodbye. You know, say goodbye. Goodbye. Say goodbye. Okay, now get out of here. That's a little rough, Randy. Yeah, but it is rough. Yeah, wrestling is a rough sport. Never forget that, folks. We out.